0: So the question is, which future are we killing off today? we killing off the future of more of the same? Or we killing off the future of everything that you said you wanted? Which future? The wealthiest people in the world see business as a game. This podcast, The Game, is my attempt at documenting the lessons I've learned on my way to building acquisition.com into a billion-dollar portfolio. My hope is that you use the lessons to grow your business, and maybe someday soon, partner with us to get to $100 million and beyond. I hope you share and enjoy. And so one of my favorite closes here at the end here is best case, worst case close, which is like, listen, at the end of the day, both of these options are risk free, right? You can walk out the door, you can sign up, get a guarantee, but only one of them will get you closer to your goal. So if you have no risk with no upside or no risk with potential of upside, which one do you want to do? I have closed a lot of weight loss sales with that close. It's probably if I had top three, that's of the top three. Best case, worst case, let's play it out. Best case, you change your life. You get into amazing shape. Would that be a great outcome? Yes. Worst case, you do this and you don't have that happen. I give your money back and you just got free six weeks of training. Fair enough. Because the only other option you have that's also risk-free is that you walk out the door. But that one is guaranteed to not get what you want. This one's at least got a shot. And you boil it down like that. A lot of people are like, okay, I'll step in that direction. Cool. Why you don't need money. This is a big one, and I love this one. If there's one thing that you can remember, it's the top line on here, is that you know what self-made millionaires and you guys have in common? Both started at zero. So let me tell you the story of uh, Shoe Dog, Phil Knight's story. Anyone read that book? Great book. There's this moment where he's maxed out his credit cards, maxed out his loans, can't get anyone to give him money, and he's got to make payroll and buy inventory, and he goes to everyone, and he's like, "I don't know what to do because they're making so many sales. He can't he get the cash you the cash flow constraint, and so he goes to his vendors. <laughs> imagine going to your landlord, or imagine going to what vendors you go to ClickFunnels, whatever, right? So somebody like some software, and you're like, "Hey, I need you to pay my payroll for me. Otherwise, I won't be able to keep paying you in the future because I'm going to go out of business." That's what he did. He went to his manufacturing partners and said, I need you to pay my payroll for me. And they're like, what? He's like, otherwise, I won't be able to buy shoes from you. And they did. And then Nike kept going. And so it wasn't the fact that Phil didn't have the resources. It was the fact that he was resourceful. And so it's just like the $5,000 Ferrari, or if you have the hospital bill that comes up tomorrow, you become resourceful when it's for something that you truly value. Quick question. Who here has had a tax bill come up un- unexpectedly? we about that time of year, right? Okay. Follow-up question. Who here has magically siphoned cash out of their asshole and found a way to pay Uncle Sam, right? Of course. Or an unexpectedly high payroll bill, whatever it is. And here's what's fucked up, is that everyone who just raised their hand, you're willing to flex that muscle when it's for someone else, but not when it's for your bank account, when it's for your landlord, when it's for the IRS, when it's for payroll, when it's for other people. All of a sudden, you get resourceful, but it means that you don't hold yourself to that standard all the time. Interesting, right? So the big thing here is that you need someone to be resourceful, not have resources. And that goes for all of us, right? Like if you have a big decision, you need to make it. If you really want it, then it just comes down to being resourceful, not having the resources to begin with, because every self-made millionaire starts at zero. So what separates them from everyone else? Nothing. They were just resourceful feel good about that? Time. Now we to value. Good. We're moving. This is this all right? Okay, cool. You feel like you can use this stuff to close more sales? Okay, cool. Also, close yourself on less head bullshit. Okay, fit. Not sure it's for me. The special snowflake scenario. Genuinely, I don't think I've lost a sale on this one in a very long time. Um, well, obviously, it been a very long time, but... <laughs> But I didn't lose many to this. I feel very confident about this, which is someone says, I don't like something very specific about the program. I only like Zumba. I don't want to eat broccoli. I think you should have a vegan version of this plan. whatever. Right. And so here are the three ways that I overcame this. No identity priorities, pain of change and hypothetical. All right. So let's start with the first one. So we vote with our dollars about the things that we care about. And this was always my that like, just like uh, uh, the busy one I was saying earlier, busy is the best time. We vote with our dollars about things we care about. Like, that was always my, as soon as someone would say, I want to change this thing. I was like, let me tell you a quick story. I was at Sephora, which is a makeup store, um, with Layla. And I, I was standing there awkwardly like this, watching them paint faces. And there were these two little girls come in. They were so excited. Yay-ish high. Um, old. And they were, they were new to womanhood. It was clear, right? And... These girls came up and the girl with the smock goes over to them and she's like, hey, girls, now that you guys are women, you're going to have to start budgeting for this stuff every month because you're going to need to buy this because you're you know, becoming women. You're going to have to put this makeup on. And they were like so excited. They grabbed the things. They go rush to check out. And I was like, that's so interesting. It's like they, their identity changed from being girls to being women. And so with that new identity came new priorities. And I was like, that was like at that moment that I got to witness. I was like, this is a perfect analogy for what people do when they're trying to lose weight, when they're trying to become better business owners, is that when you have a new identity, you have new priorities. And so, if you're explaining this to a prospect, it's like, let me tell you a quick story. You tell that story or your version of that story. You say, listen, you want to be this person. So, right now, you're not stepping into womanhood. You're already a woman, <laughs> right? Or whatever it is, right? You're already a man. The question is whether you want to be a fit woman for life. The question is whether you want to be a successful gym owner, somebody who's wealthy. And with new identity comes new priorities. We vote with our dollars for the things that we care about. You say you care about these things, but if I look at your bank account, I can see what you vote with your dollars for. Does that make sense? Right. you can close it. Next one is pain of change, right? And this one's a big one, which is like, ugh, I remember this girl was like, do you think you could change the breakfast to this and this? Because that's what I already eat. And I was like, girl, I know that's what you already eat. I can see that. That breakfast got you that body, <laughs> right? <laughs> that morning routine got you that bank account. Yeah, right? Got to change the change. And so the thing is, is I'd always have that conversation. And say, hey, the pain of change, pain of staying the same. This is Tony Robbins quote. That's not mine. But when the pain of change is greater than the pain of staying the same, you will change. And sometimes I would look at a girl and just be like, hey, maybe you got to gain 50 more pounds and come back. I was like, you're not enough pain. You're comfortable. And they're like, well, I don't want that. And I'm like, well, that's what you're saying with your actions. You're not enough pain. And I'm like, let's just play it out. How much you gained in the last five years? 50. Cool. Come back in five years. What do you weigh now? 250. You'll be 300. Just come back when you're 300. Real talk. And they were like, well, I don't want that. And I'm like, you're acting like you do. And they're like, well, shit. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right. Damn. But it's like, all of us have these things that we hold on to when in reality, like, are you in enough pain? Maybe you need to be broker. Maybe you have no money in your bank account. You need to be in debt. It's like, come back when you're 50 grand in debt. Come back when you lose money for another two years. Come back then. Then you'll be ready. That'll be the right moment. That'll be the right time for you. The thing is, is everyone's thermostat, I'm, I'm side questing here for a second, but everyone's thermostat is different, right? Like, I feel actually pretty fat and out of shape right now. Because on my thermostat, I'm fat and out of shape. For some people, I'm hashtag life goals. Everyone's different. And what's interesting is that even people who are 250, 300 pounds, whatever, there's a moment where for them, that's their thermostat. And they're like, no, 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 I can't go above here. And what's crazy is that all you have to do is just reset the thermostat. It's the same effort. You just reset the thermostat. Right now your thermostat may be $10,000 in your bank account. Maybe it's $100,000 in bank account, maybe a million dollars in bank account. It might be $50,000 a month in income. It might whatever it is. It's like all you have to do is just reset what that thermostat is. And I think if you can communicate that to a prospect that it's just made up in their head, the thing is if you can have that little that little moment that you some of you guys just had, if you have that with a prospect, like you can change their life. And I think that's really cool. So, pain pain to change. You got to change in order to change. <laughs> I really did say that, the, the the breakfast thing. I was like, girl, I know. Uh, I was like, why don't we try my breakfast so we can get the body you actually want. All right. So here's a, here's a good one. I've been trying to come up because when my sales book comes out, I'm going to do this hypothetical thing. But I, I'm trying to figure out some like a three-step process to closing like most obstacles that I can teach. But one that I use a lot is anything that – this is why this one I, be, I basically never lost sales on Fit Stuff was – Okay, well, if this program had everything that you needed, would you do it? Hey, if this program were perfect, would you do it? If the program didn't have this thing that you just said, isolate the issue, would you do it? And then you get agreement, and then you're like, cool, we don't have to worry about that one thing. What card do you want to use? I don't want to do broccoli. Fantastic. Not going to do broccoli. If we didn't have that, would you do it? Great. And so it's just one of those really easy things that you can always use. On the flip side, it's also just a good close overall, which is, uh, what is it missing? And then they're like, oh, I've never been asked this question before. And you're like, right, because it doesn't sound like there's anything wrong with the program. It sounds like you're afraid of something happening. Let's talk about that, right? And then you actually get to the real stuff, peeling back the layers. So I'm not sure it's a fit for me. We covered that with new identity and priorities, pain of change. You got to change to change and hypothetical. So isolate, hypothesize a world where it wouldn't have that issue, and then overcome. See how we're peeling down? Peeling down the layers. All right. Awesome. Two more. You're still hanging in there? Okay. I know this is more tactical. I know this is more tactical. I know this is tactical, but I just want you guys to have stuff that, like, when you leave here, you're like, I will make more sales. Okay. Raise your hand if you've ever thought or had a prospect say, I have to talk to my business partner, spouse, friend, kids, employees, pets. (laughs) Yes. Right? This is big. When someone says this, what they say is that person controls me Wherever they point. So, if some of you guys are like, I got to talk to my spouse, totally get it. That person controls you. You Say, hey, I got to talk to my employees. Guess who owns you? I got to talk to my pet. It's kind of weird, but hey, some people do it. And so, I have really only found one way to overcome this that has been smooth. All right. So, the rest of the other obstacles, there's a zillion ways to overcome it. Lack of authority is one of the hardest ones to overcome. Because saying like, I don't have control of my own life, I can't make decisions for myself, I am powerless, I am a victim. That's what it says, and so this one is a process. So first off, you know, like in many in many selling situations, you don't have the advantage that you like here. Like some of you guys could call call people yesterday, talk to people, whatever, right? Or you have more time. In weight loss sales, we all know we're all waiting for Lisa to come back, right? She said she'd call you back. It's been five years. She's not calling back, right? And so you want to get the person to bring their spouse, you want to get the person to bring the decision maker whenever possible. It's also worth get worth to get to the second sale. Why not? Right. But if you can, not then this is the only thing that I have found that has worked consistently. So it's three steps. Let me go back one. There you go. Isolate and collapse the foil, the realization they've already given you permission and the realization that you never needed permission to begin with. All right. So I'll walk through. Them. So you say, hey, assuming you already asked, right? Transactional versus long term. You say, hey, what part do you think they wouldn't approve of, of this thing that I talked about? The reason this is, this is the isolate and collapse the foil, all right? The reason you ask them, why do you think your husband, why do you think your partner, why do you think your employees would not want you to do this? Now, mind you, the employees and the partner and the husband are not here. So th- they have no idea. <laughs> so they're just going to answer it with the reason that they actually don't want to do it. And then you have isolated and collapse the foil. And then you can attack the reason that they say. It's like, what do you think your husband will be opposed to? (sighs) Well, I've done a couple of things in the past and they didn't work. Okay. Then let's talk about the thing that you're afraid of, which is that this is not going to work too. So it sounds like it's a belief issue. So let's talk about that. Right? Now it's not about the husband anymore. It's about the fact that she doesn't believe. Does that make sense? So we just, we pull, now she's back in the driver's seat and she can make a decision to help herself or he can make a decision to help himself. Okay. That's step one. Sometimes you just close it off that, which is wonderful two and three go together. And so if they, if you've already asked, Hey, what do you think they wouldn't approve of? Right? Then you say, well, do they approve of your current struggle? And they'll be like, well, no. It's like, well, then why would they be against something they already don't approve of? Like, huh? I think about that. Well, what if the roles were reversed and your husband was struggling or your partner was struggling with making money, getting in shape, whatever it is. I was like, and they found something that was going to help them. I was like, would you be against it? No, I would want that. Right. So why would it be different for them? Because I think the thing is, is that you're looking for permission, not for support. Because let's play this out. Three years. You're still bankrupt. You're still out of shape. Whatever it is, three years from now. Or you're not making the money you want. Whatever it is. Three years from now. And all the while, you blamed. Now, see how we're changing the language? You blame them because they never let you do it. Is that fair to them? Is that fair to you? No. So I think what you've been looking for this whole time is you've been asking for permission when you really need support. Do you think your husband will support you in, in solving this problem you already said he doesn't approve of? Yes. So the whole the whole idea here is that we're relying on past agreements to extrapolate into the present and then we're future forecasting a negative situation, which realistically, like hopefully for everyone here, I know that if I wanted something, Layla's not going to be like, how dare you, right? Like, <laughs> like I wanted it. That, I mean like it's not even a discussion, right? And so it's really a question of power. And at the end of the day I think even if the person doesn't buy from you, if you can help them make a decision that is empowered, you have served them. And for me, that's my big thing with sales is like if I can actually get in this person's mind, peel back the shit, get them to make decisions one way or the other, I feel like I serve this person today and that I feel like I'm very convicted about. And so at the end of the day, it's your decision. If they say no, no resentment. And so then I just say, hey, let's just get you going. We have a three-day no-sweat guarantee, which is you, you sign up today, you get back home. Your husband says, sweetheart, I want you to live 10 years less long. I want you to be out of shape. I want you to get that diabetes needle, right? I want you to put those sweatpants on, reach the hand in those bag of Cheetos, just, you know, and sit down and get comfortable and pass down generational unhealth to our kids so we can make future generations of people who don't understand health. He says that to you one have him give me a call (laughs) two i was like i'll happily tear this up all right and then of course they're cracking up and you're like right of course he's not going to say that he wants you to live longer he wants you to pass on these good habits to your kids he wants to be hot and sexy feel good about yourself right of course he does it what you're afraid of is that's not going to work that we can help you with right that makes sense all right cool so we're peeling back the onion we covered time we covered value We covered fit we covered people casting their power to authority All these different things they cast their power to. Here's the best part. When you finally have learned and you know how to de-bullshit yourself and de-bullshit their brains to get them down to this final thing, you're actually talking to a person who's in power. They can't blame their, they can't give the authority to other people. They can't blame the circumstances because it's about being resourceful overall, finding the time, making it work, getting out of pain. All you have now is just somebody who says, I get all that. I just need to think about it. And when someone says they need to think about it, I want you to translate that into is I need to avoid this decision for fear of making a mistake. That's what that means. Because what it really means is just, I just want the universe to make the decision for me. What a pussy move. Like I'm not man or woman enough. I don't have the gonads, which are both sexes, by the way. I don't have the nads to make this call. So I'm just going to let the universe do it. So then I can blame the universe if it doesn't go right. It's just Fear. So, big important note, we have exhausted all reasons outside of themselves. Now we're talking to someone who's at least in power. All right? So raise your hand if you ever thought or had a prospect say, I have to think about it, not sure I need a day. This guy still, he's like, Mm-mm, not me. Everyone decides. Okay, as a fun side note, um, anyone know like the root of decide? So it comes from Latin decadere, which means to kill off. And so a good one is to even ask someone that question. It's like, we just need to decide. Do you know what the root of it is? Dicadere, which means to kill off. So the question is, which future are we killing off today? We're killing off the future of more of the same? Or we killing off the future of everything that you said you wanted? Which future? Cool. All right. Avoidance. I need to think about it. So this is the frame I think about. Past, present, future. And this is an easy one for you. So when someone says, I need to think about it, you translate that into, I'm going to avoid this decision for fear of making a mistake. And you're like, cool. Well, let's talk about your past. Thing is, this is not a fast decision, right? You've been deciding this for years. How long have you been wanting to be in shape? My whole life. So this doesn't seem fast at all. You've been deciding this forever. Now we're just taking action on it. You decided a long time ago. They were just taking the first step. Huh. Didn't think about it like that. And there's another one come this far, six inches from gold. It's like, listen, and this is one where I like to stack all the shit they've done to get to this point. We're like, listen, you saw an ad. You clicked it. You bought a ticket. You reserved it. You blocked the time. You flew out here. You got a hotel. You showed up at the crack of dawn. You had all these notes. You walked in here. Of course you want to fucking grow your gym. Of course you're trying to lose weight. You blocked the time. You got in your car. You got all the way over here. This isn't a fast decision. You've indicated with your actions up to this point, this is important to you. And do you think that maybe the reason you've struggled in the past is because you haven't been able to pull the trigger? Do you think needing to think about is the reason you're here right now rather than where you want to be? Cause you always need to think about it, which means you don't. And so the question is just, do you want to have another year of almost love this one? Do you want another year of almost being in the shape you want almost making the amount of money you want almost being the spouse you want to be, but not quite. And so the question is how much is not deciding cost you up to this point? How are the last five years for you? Is that a cost? You didn't decide to do this five years ago, right? So would you say all that pain that you went through, was that a big cost? So when you think about it like that, I don't think it's that expensive, <laughs> right? That's past. So it's getting them. And what we're doing here is we're agitating and reminding them of why they are here to increase their action threshold, rather decrease their action threshold to get them to step over and make a decision. Does that make sense what we're doing conceptually here? We're looking at their past decisions. I'm going to go through all of them, showing them how far they've come, explaining to them that maybe the reason that they're in the fucking seat today it's because they have struggled pulling the trigger in the past. They've thought about doing things like this before, but they haven't been able to. They haven't nutted up, and today they need to. Otherwise, they're going to have another year of almost, and then we ask them if all the pain they've been through has been enough pain for them to make a decision. Hey guys, real quick, if you're new to the podcast, I have a book on Amazon. It's called 100 Million Dollar Offers at over 8,000 five star reviews. It has almost a perfect score. You can get it for 99 cents on Kindle. The reason I bring it up is that I put over 1,000 hours into writing that book and it's my biggest give to our community. So it's my very shameless way of trying to get you to like me more and ultimately make more dollars so that later on in your business career, I can potentially partner with you. So that's my give. Go check it out, Amazon, and back to the show. And that was the one I actually had this uh, last year. This lady was like, uh, this is like, she was referencing a call that was like five years earlier, very beginning of gym launch. She's like, it's crazy to think I had a sales call with you six years ago and I'm kicking myself in the butt for not jumping in your program. Law, law, so funny, so funny. I was like, yeah, you let a bad decision burn you twice. Once when you made a poor investment, the second time we let that bad investment for you making a good one. I remember the conversation, right? Here she is six years later. Same position. Same exact shit. But she couldn't because he had one bad boyfriend. She's like, no men for me. That's it. Just me and my cats. So, two is present. All right, so we talked about the past. All the things you've done to get here. All the pain you've been through. Do you think not being able to pull the trigger is the reason you're sitting in the seat today? Right? So now let's talk about present. So I love this one. I use the rocking chair clothes a lot. As far as I'm concerned, I made it up. So, Here's, here's how the rocking chair clothes works. I'd be like, when you say you need to think about it. I was like, you don't really think we're going to think about it. Right? Because like, what's, what's going to happen? You're not going to like drive out of here, go home, sit on, sit in a rocking chair on your porch and be like, Hmm, am I going to join this program or not? Right? Of course not. What are you going to do? I was like, you're going to get in your car. You're going to check your phone. You're going to see six mixed mix text messages. And you're going to be like, oh, fuck, I to pick up the laundry. I got to go to the dry cleaning. I got to pick up Timmy from school. I got to get food. I got to order a pizza, whatever it is, right? All the shit. And then five days from now, you're going to put on one of your skirts. You're going to check your bank account. And it's going to be like, ooh, this is tight. And in that minute, you're like, oh, I should have done that thing. That's when you made the decision right then. Then you keep living your life and you do another five years until it gets painful enough. So, you don't need, and you've heard this one from me before, you don't need time to make a decision, you need information, and I'm your source of information, so what are the main things you're thinking about? How are you making the decision? So we're bringing it to the present, right? We're not letting them kick it off. We're saying, let's confront this. What are your main criteria? Now, they're going to say, I have no fucking idea because I don't know how to make decisions because I'm a victim. And you're like, oh, well, you know what? I've talked to victims before. Let me tell you how I teach them how to make decisions. Cool? Great. So here's how to make a decision. Product, us, you, access to money. All right. So do you believe the product could work? Yes. Do you trust us? Do you trust me? Do you like me? Do you think I have bad breath? No, I think I like you guys. Okay. Do you think it'll work for you the way you want it to go? Yes. Cool. Do you have access to the amount of money to start this thing or know someone who does? Yes. Right? She made the decision. Let's do it. A lot of times people just need to be walked through how to make a decision people actually don't make that many decisions. It's kind of crazy. We make lots of micro decisions. They don't make big ones. So we should have to teach them how to make decisions. Many of you guys suck at making big decisions. You have to learn having a framework. That's why all these investors talk about having a lattice work of decision-making frameworks. That's why I do a lot of framework stuff. It's going to have to make a lot of big stake decisions all the time. Big strategic directions, big checks. Like you have to make big decisions. And you have to have a framework and being able to do it and remove your emotions. If it checks the boxes, you do the deal. This one's really good. If you ever have the opportunity to do free trial stuff, it's just our free trial and or money back guarantee stuff. The third one is fucking fire, which is, listen, can we both agree that you just need to make an informed decision? They're going to say, yes, that's what I need. An informed decision. Absolutely. They're going to, that's taking the bait. That's what that is. All right. You're like, okay, you need to make informed decision. Well, how can you make an informed decision without doing it? Huh? Hmm, (laughs) got me there. Like, so why don't we do this? Let's get you started. And if 30 days in, you hate it, let me know. Oops. Boop, boop, boop. There we go. And if you're 30 days in and you hate it, let me know. I'll give you your money back. No big deal. But that way, at least you'll have made an informed decision rather than one that's made up in your mind about what I say or what you think it is. It'll bridge our communication gap. Because you've got an idea what it is in your head. I know what it is in my head, and I'm using words to try and communicate that to you, that's going to fail versus you actually doing it. Can we agree that that's a way more informed decision? Yes. Well, then let's do an informed decision. Let's get you going. Right? that makes sense? You think you close some sales with that? Yeah. Flags. Okay. Decision definition. I already went that one uh, over that one. So, again, when we're in the present, we have to tell them which future we're cutting off. Right? Did you know it's from Latin? Decadere means to kill off. Which future are we killing off? The good one or the bad one? Cool, future. So you guys getting this? Past, we stacked all the past pain, bring it to this point. Present, it's all about rocking chair, time not information, helping them make the decision in the moment. And future is future casting. What I prefer to say, positive and negative. So five years in the future, what does it look like if you keep doing what you're doing? Are you broker? Are you in a worse marriage? Are you in a worse body? A lot of times, literally just saying like, what did you lo- what did you gain in the last five years? cool. Let's tack that on. (laughs) What do you weigh now? 230. Okay. 270. How's that feel? You can see them viscerally react to this. You're like, oh, shit. You're negative $10,000. Let's go negative 50. Let's try that on. Maybe that'll jog your memory, right? And they're like, fuck, I don't want that, right? And what we're doing is we're trying to decrease the action threshold so they walk across the line, make the decision. The next one, let's consider the options, this is the risk-free close. I mentioned it earlier. I just love this because again, we're future pacing the scenario, right? Both these options are risk-free. Only one of them will get you closer to where you want to go. So what are we, what are we talking about here? They're both risk-free. And if someone still doesn't want to do it, then you have to confront what they're afraid of. Cause at that point it makes no logical sense, which means there's an emotional need. I love this one. Well, you're not going to struggle forever, right? And they're like, well, no, I'm not going to struggle forever. You're like, right. Well, if you're going to start getting in shape eventually, you might as well do it now. Why would you not want to be in shape longer in your life? Would you rather only be in shape for like three years or for like 30? I promise you, it's way cooler to do it for longer, (laughs) right? Uh, You're right. And so this last one is probably one of the strongest decision frames that I can give you guys, all right? I'm emphasizing this on purpose. And this comes with all decisions. So like if if I'm ever allowed it in the future praised in the future for making good decisions, this is probably the single framework that I use the most, which is not, will this get me what I want, but will this get me closer or further to what I want? Because the thing is, is will this get me what I want needs a high amount of predictive value. Like to really say, this will get me that, really tough, and you'll be wrong a lot. And that can be very discouraging. But simply saying, okay, I've got two paths. This one will get me closer. Will this be everything I need to get there? Probably not. But will it get me closer? Yeah, I think so. And when it comes to education, in my opinion, the more educated you are, the closer you'll get to where you're going because you'll have context to see the path more clearly. And so the problem is a lot of Sandys, right, are sitting there and they're like, well, you say it's this and that guy said bacon's bad for me and this guy says keto's good and I don't know what the fuck, you know, right? The thing is she doesn't have the perspective from which to make a judgment. It's all gobbledygook. And the thing is, is that we are all in Sandy's seat in different verticals of our lives. We don't have the perspective from which to make a judgment. And so trying to say, will the first fitness program that Sandy buys be the one that gets her to the promised land? Likelihood? Probably not. Some of you guys know many of your trainers who left you who have some weird things that they do and they teach people, right? You're like, if if Sandy starts with her or him, is she going to get the perfect body? Probably not. Will she be better than she was before she was doing something? Probably. And so if you can regress the decision-making framework to simply like, Sandy, if you walk out of here, do you think you're going to get closer getting in shape or further? If you stay and sign up, do you think you're going to get closer or further? Closer. I think that's all we got to do today. And if we do that one step closer, enough weeks in a row, I think we'll get to where you want to go. It takes the pressure off of making a perfect decision. Does that make sense? That decreases the action threshold and gets people to actually take a step and be like, Jim Walsh doesn't have to be perfect. XYZ doesn't have to be perfect. It's just we'll it get you closer. Does that make sense? Okay. That single framework has made me more money than anything in my life. Thanks. Appreciate it. And real talk, I've had, I bought a lot of things in the past that didn't get me the thing but got me a thing that I used later that got me closer to where I wanted to go. And so then the question is, was, was it a good investment? Well, only based on my expectations would it be a bad investment. And so if I change my expectations of education in general, which is what I'm trying to encourage you to do with your prospects and yourselves, then you can shift what you expect to get out of something and you ultimately get more out of it. Future. Okay. No reasons left. It's just you. It's just your prospect, right? Sitting there, barren naked in the field, forced to make a decision, right? (laughs) Sandy's looking at herself. She's like, I haven't seen my toes in so long. Um... The idea is you want to get them to be empowered, right? And so the thing is, is like truth hurts sometimes, but sometimes the sting is what it takes to get someone to take a first step. And so, like, my big thing is like, I don't want to be nice. I want to be kind. And sometimes kindness hurts. Like, maybe you need to come back 50 pounds heavier. Maybe you need to go be poor. Or maybe you need to struggle more. Maybe that's what you need. At the end of the day, it is their decision. And they have to have that power. And here's bonus number six. So in my like Blanket closes. Uh, This one, I separated out purposely because I've used it a lot of times. It's kind of like the best case, worst case. Like I've used it a ton of times, which is whatever reason the prospect is telling themselves, you just repeat it right back to them as the reason they should do it. Watch this. I don't have the time to get in shape. You're like, that's the perfect reason you do this program. So I'm going to show you exactly how to have the time so you can do it. Give a different one. I don't have the money. It's the exact reason you need to do this is because you don't have the money, because you need to get it. Right? Let's see another one. Come up with one. Say something. Spouse, my husband doesn't support me. That's the perfect reason you should be getting in shape. Do you want to have us, right? You want a husband who doesn't support you and then not be in shape? I don't know. Right? Like, right? My wife doesn't support me. It's the perfect reason to do this. And so, whatever reason they present with, you literally can just say that's the reason. And people think about it a little bit deeper and they're like, fuck, you're right. And I think if you, if you like, it's because like, as a salesperson, you always have to have a couple of fast bullets. Like if you're like, I need to catch, like, take a breath, like whatever they say, you're like, that's the reason. And you're like, what did I just say? And you're like, okay, (laughs) I don't have time to get to the gym. That's the perfect reason to do it. Right? I hate broccoli. Perfect reason to do it. doesn't matter because whatever the reason, and here's the thing is, is that the, whatever reason they give you is usually the perfect reason they should do it. Right? Because it's actually the thing they're presenting with is the thing they're most afraid of. And so hopefully this helps you realize that you and your clients are always in complete power, all right? So rather than casting their power to circumstances where they say it's the time, it's the money, it's the fit, you transition to saying, I don't need to have resources, I need to be resourceful. Instead of casting their their power to other people, their spouses, their partners, their kids, their employees, whatever it is, they then say, I'm the one who gets to decide. I do not need permission. I'm asking for support. And notice, it didn't say I need support, saying I'm asking for it. And then finally, when you're talking to the person themselves, they're just trying to avoid the decision because they do not want to make a mistake. So, whenever someone says, like, I want you to translate this in your brains. Whenever someone says, I need to think about it, just say, I need to avoid this decision in order to avoid a mistake. That's what they're saying. Need to avoid this decision in order to avoid making a mistake. All right. So, it's not about time. It's about information. And then you need to make sure that they have the information they need to decide. And at that point, hopefully, you've given the person or the prospect enough power and you've debunked a lot of their bullshit. You've peeled the onion of blame back so that they're the ones in power. And then at that point, they can finally just make a decision. And maybe it's the first decision they made in five fucking years. And you got to help them do that, which I think is there's there's very few things that are more noble than that, in my opinion. And so like I promised at the beginning, my hope is that you become more powerful by making a decision rather than letting life make it for you being a victim of universe, somehow you think that randomness is going to make a better decision than you because you don't want to be responsible for making a bad one. Well, how are you going to learn if you never take responsibility for the decisions you make? So a few final thoughts. Fortunes are created by taking lots of risk with a little money. Fortunes are maintained by taking little risk with lots of money. Of everything that I ever made in my life, the result of investing my own education has gotten me higher returns than the stock market, real estate, or crypto or anything else. And all investments in myself for skills, beliefs, and traits have gotten me closer, key point, closer to where I wanted to go, even if that brick wasn't the last brick. And so what I mean here is that if you imagine yourself, I'm going to go over here. So imagine I'm here and I want to get over there. And there's this big thing of lava underneath of me. And I have to build this bridge. And there's 100 bricks between where I am to where I want to go. Just because something that I learned didn't get me all 100 bricks, if it gets me 28 bricks, I am closer to where I want to go. And what's interesting is that I've observed this in the education space overall, is that people will attribute their success to the thing that gives them the last brick. But if you had 99 bricks and then the last one, it's like who or what was the thing that really got you there? It's like people making fun of their elementary school teacher who taught them arithmetic when they learned calculus. They're like, this is the shit. It's like, dude, you didn't know how to fucking add before. Right? Like, if You didn't know how to add, can't do calculus, right? Like if you didn't know how to do fitness and training, you wouldn't be able to have a gym, right? If you didn't know how to sell, it'd be tough to market. If you didn't know how to sell, it'd be tough to manage because you got to persuade people, right? And so each of these things are just the little bricks. And then we attribute our success to the last brick. And this is something, again, for me, I wouldn't think about like, what are the biases I have psychologically that filter the information that I make decisions off of? And so for me, I'm telling you, best biggest and best frame I have is, will this get me closer or further from where I'm trying to go? And I think if you can relate that frame to your prospects who are walking in the door, it will help them make a lower stakes decision. It's like, it's going to get me closer. And if I make enough of these, it will get me closer decisions. I'll get to where I want to go. Because what happens is the perfect decision maker makes none. The directional decision maker makes many and then course corrects much faster. I have five minutes and 40 seconds more. Um, (laughs) You guys good with that? Is that all right? Okay, Cool. Okay, so um, it's why I dedicate my life to education. That's acquisition.com. Our mission is to make real business education available to everyone um, because when you realize that you are source, everyone here, say, I am source. Right, you are source. Everything comes from you. You realize Superman is not coming. Jim Monch ain't coming. Alex ain't coming. Nobody's coming. Just you. Like you have to save you, right? Can't ask for a savior. It's just you. And so every decision is a vote towards or against the person we want to become. And so the question is, are the decisions you're making voting towards the person you want to become, or just more of the same? Many votes every day. And so people ask me all the time, how do you move so quickly? And I think the answer is, I know how to buy time. And so the question is, how do you buy time? (laughs) By buying the time other people took to make mistakes that taught them the lessons. Because again, I said this, I think, on the first day, which is strategy, prioritizing, doing the right thing. I don't do this really fast. It's just you get more for every step, right? And so when you buy time, you don't have to spend eight years figuring out the right way to have the lobby set up, right? When your prospect walks in, it's like, I t- it took me and I'm sure it took some of you guys like six years to wade through the bullshit of like intermittent fasting. And then it's like, no, it's cardio. Oh no, it's, it's body weight and kettlebells. That's functional. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, you know what I mean? Mind you, some of you are like, that's what I do now. That's not what I mean. Point is that you go through your own iteration until finally you, fi- you figure out, I'll just say your truth. I'm just gonna leave it at that so no one gets upset. All right. And so finally you figure out like the thing, right? But wouldn't it be cool if you just started there because you got to buy everyone else's time? Like I would say if there's a skill that I've had, it's, by, it's that, because I'm just willing to buy other people's time and not, it's an egotistical thing I think to say, I can figure it out on my own. Because the answer is of course you can. The question is whether you want to spend time or you want to spend money. You spend the one you value least, right? You're going to learn the lessons either way. It's just how you want to pay. And sometimes that time might be 30 years, steep price tag, not one I would want to pay. So ignorance is the most expensive debt that we all pay every day. And this is my favorite, my favorite thing I heard. Um, this was a, a, a close that I heard from, shit, I can't remember his name. Anyways, he wrote this thing on the board and I'll, I'll just do it live. Okay. Uh, how much do you make right now per year? Income, just personal income. Awesome. 185,000. So imagine I wrote a million dollars on here (laughs) minus 185,000. So right now it costs you $815,000 a year, not knowing how to make a million dollars a year in income every year, just paying the universe. You're like, here's 815,000. And guess what? costs you $9.8 million per year, not knowing how to make $10 million a year every year. And so like we think about taxes, we think about all these other expenses, The one that eats me alive is the debt of not knowing, of not knowing all the shit that I should know to make what I want to make. And that's the debt that really we all pay the most of every day. There you go. And so for me, I think you should be willing to invest money to increase your capacity for income because once you have it, it pays you forever. One-time investment pays you forever. You don't get taxed on education. Government can't steal it from you. Can't lose it in a divorce. If you think about it from an asset perspective, it makes every other asset you have more valuable. It appreciates with time. It's one. It's if you actually thought about it as an actual asset, your investment, it actually checks all the boxes. It's amazing. It increases your asset value, increases your income. <laughs> it's great. And so that's one uh, that I like thinking. And so for me, ten years ago, I had my little do or die decision. I went from my swinging consulting job to sleeping on the floor. And I think a lot of times we have the decisions, and I think we need to present these to our prospects say so like, you have a do or die decision. Where's your action threshold? Maybe you need to wait another five years. Maybe you need to gain another 50 pounds. And so here's my two cents. Make the decision to help yourself. Implement like crazy. Take ownership. Realize that there are no silver bullets, but some things can move you closer to your goals. And when those rare acceleration opportunities come in life, take them. Because you either win or you learn, and both of those get you closer to wherever it is you want to go. Thank you.